State Champs Nation, Lauren Plant here. Before we get to this podcast, I just wanted to bring you a quick programming note. The State Champs Sports Network is expanding our podcast programming. In order to make it easier for you to listen to the podcast you want to listen to, we wanted to break them all out. You can find each of our podcasts on your favorite podcast platform, from Apple and Google Podcasts to Spotify and so many more. If you're a State Champs super fan, you want to listen to them all, you don't have to to change a thing. We'll still be posting everything in this feed. Now, on with the podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to a playoff edition of the State Champs Michigan Extra Point Podcast. We are presented by Lawrence Technological University. We're going to say it and I'm going to say it for the next 10 months. They are in need of athletes. 26 NAIA sports uh, offered at Lawrence Tech. We're here on the campus of Lawrence Tech. That is where the State Champs Sports Network resides. And they've got uh, new sports they're adding to the mix here. Uh, Men's and women's track and field, women's hockey. They even have a competitive dance team. So you cheerleaders out there, you pom-pommers, you want to uh, do it in college. Anyway, here's what you do. It's real easy. Go to ltuathletics.com. Click Recruit Yourself. What that will do is take you to a simple survey page. You fill that out. You put the sport of interest you have, and a coach will get back to you. It's that simple. So go to ltuathletics.com. Begin your journey. All right. Also, Hungry Howie's Pizza, home of the original flavored crust, eight mouth-watering flavors. What crust are you, they ask? Uh, you? I told you. I, I do a hybrid of Parmesan uh, cheese and garlic and... Uh, Cajun. Delicious. I, I, I blend all three. That's beautiful. Matthew? Garlic all the way. All right, good. I'm sure you all smell wonderful following <laughs> that. So, uh, And also, I want Thanks. to uh, yeah, <laughs> give a shout-out to the Michigan High School Athletic Association. Uh, we're talking sportsmanship this week. We'll have a message coming up later in the program. All right, gentlemen, how are you guys doing? Scott Bernstein here, Matt Mowry. Uh, exciting weekend, and one of those that were going to be hard to figure out. I know uh, a lot of the staff here at State Champs kind of had their picks. I know I've won in some and lost in many others. I haven't actually seen the full breakdown. Have you done, Matthew, the full breakdown of? Okay, yeah, yeah, I figured. No. Uh, yeah, yeah, but um, we'll do that again, so we'll be posting our picks. But otherwise, an exciting weekend. What do you say? Yeah, awesome. Uh, you know, playoff football doesn't get any better any time of the year. Um you know, it's all on the line. Cream rises. We have the expanded playoff uh, format this yeah. year. You know, I, I, all I would say is this week kind of met expectations in the sense there were a lot of lopsided games because yeah. there were a lot of teams that maybe shouldn't have been in the postseason right. under normal circumstances. Many playing teams that should be, and yeah. and uh, you know, got uh, you know, there were some wallops, uh, some wallopings. Yeah, but uh, overall, it was great to see. Uh, that type of uh, competition uh, and, and and that type of intensity and and that type of atmosphere. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's just like that and March Madness are my two favorite times of the year. Yeah, we're gonna have nice. Or this, I'd say this. Yeah, and yeah. March Madness. Absolutely, like, we're gonna have nice weather this weekend. So that's uh, looking forward to the 60s. It was very chilly. It was cold Friday. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, uh, Matt, your impression so far. I'm gonna get to some of the scores and stuff, but just overall, your impression of of uh, the opening weekend of the playoffs. 
Yeah, we were kind of wondering going in if it was going to be kind of like that Monday of districts where you have a couple of monumental upsets, you know, here and there. You really didn't. I mean, there were four or five that didn't go as according to kind of what you figured the chalk would show. Um, I think the nice thing with some of the wins is that the playoffs included a lot of teams that hadn't had an opportunity to win a playoff game in a long yeah. time. Yeah. I know yeah. Ann Arbor Huron had their first playoff win since 2000. North yeah. Farmington got their first at 78. Renaissance, their first in 15 years. North Muskegon, their first in 14 years. Dexter got their first postseason win ever yeah. those are the good stories because when when you're coming at it for the most part everything kind of went according to what we thought i think one of the eyebrow raisers was oak park over gross yeah. point south yeah. that was yep. the fun one yeah. first time we, ever we, we said all, go ahead go ahead oh yeah it, we it wasn't that we ever thought that they didn't have it. i mean shoot i think i had oak park in my top 12 preseason because we figured they had that much talent but you know, when you're winless going into the playoffs, you got to figure there's something going on that makes you winless. First winless team to ever pick up a playoff win in, in uh, Michigan history. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to do the math in my head. I think if they do win it, I think they would still be sub 500. Mm-hmm. Isn't it five wins to win a title? Right. Be five and six. Would it be six this year because of the expanded format? Is it? It might yeah. be. So It'd maybe be three. Six, di- six, three so. district. Yeah, three district. Yeah, three region, district. Two re- regional. Two. One regional. Yeah. One regional. Then, also, maybe it would be five. We yeah. can't count. That's why we're sports writers. Yeah, there's <laughs> yes, the uh, Rayshon Benny uh, prediction yes. can is can still play out. So, uh, all right, it's it's strange to be able to say that like teams like Southwood A and T and Oak Park are sleepers. And no, I know. I would like to think that these both of those teams we had you real, call, you who, called them out. right. I would like to think that both of those teams we had really strong performances uh, to end this, you know, kind of conclude the regular season and then start the postseason. You know, uh, were inspired by my words about not being swept up in the offer culture, right? Uh, exactly. and, and start leaving it on the field for their high school teams. Um, I, I mean, it's just. I hope. I mean, there's not going to be. But when when people look back, you know, in the history books and they see this, you know, first winless team to ever win a playoff game. I hope there's some time. There's not going to be. I hope there's some type of in parentheses had over a dozen Division One <laughs> recruits in it. It's yeah, just deceiving. It, it, it you know, it's not a normal team that would be winless. Of course, of course, and uh, yeah, it's it won't say that. It right. won't say that. Uh, but right. but I will say we'll finish this up and and we can dovetail a little bit yeah. and, and foreshadow for what we're going to talk about with the Anvil Award. Mm-hmm. Rayshon Benny coming back into the lineup has been a huge factor for this team in the last couple of weeks. He didn't play those first four, right. four or five weeks. He didn't. He yeah. didn't. Exactly. And when you have a you know a, a four star blue chip, most likely SEC or ACC bound uh, road grader in there and and, and protector. That 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 does that gives you a leg up on offense. I know exactly. We could have a shakeup at some point here in the Anvil World coming up. And he called he called his shot a couple weeks ago. He he said, if did. I get back in the lineup, you got to put me in. We run we run the table and win the state title. You got to give me that. Award. We just have to get him in before regionals because yeah, 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 yeah. we freeze our top ten. So uh, that will get worked out. First off, I want to give you guys the games in which you can watch the highlights of Week 1 in the playoffs right now on State Champs Michigan social media. These are the games that we covered. Uh, We'll have the guys comment on the games that they were at and everything else in general with respect to what happened in Week 1. But here's the games you can watch right now. Uh, And it was actually a Thursday night affair. Opened the playoffs in Division 3. East Point all over Detroit East English. 64 to nothing. I think that was their first playoff win since the 50s. So... 
that was impressive. Yep. Or or not it wasn't that. It was the first time they've been undefeated this far in a season since the fifties. So and the yeah. bo- our boss man it's like fifty four. Our boss man, Lou Batante, was is an, a, East is an alumni. Guy. Yeah. Former yeah. player for That's those. right. All right. Also in Division Three, uh, it was Allen Park defeating Trenton eighteen to seven. That they were at home for that one. In Division Two, it was Temperance Bedford on the road at Livonia Franklin. Franklin took that one thirty-five to fourteen. They're playing well. In Division One, it was Chippewa Valley handling Utica Eisenhower by a score of twenty-one to fourteen. In Division One, it was Howell. Uh, beating Heartland on the road, so that was uh, we knew that was going to be a good game. It was twenty-one to sixteen was the final in that one. In fact, there was a lot of uh, late stages heroics and stuff that uh, Nolan Petru was able to do there for the Highlanders uh, in Division Two. Port Huron Northern and Lakeview got together. It was St. Clair Shores Lakeview blanking the Huskies seventeen to nothing. A battle of the Huskies there in Division One. It was Davis and all over Lapeer forty-seven to six. In Division One, it was Belleville uh, all over Plymouth, as they have been almost every opponent they face. This forty-seven to three was the final in that one. Do they run the score up on people? <laughs> I'm, hey man, I'm asking for a. Rolling, uh, I'm Davison asking, scored forty-seven points. I'm asking on behalf of a, a, a pretty iconic yeah, know, uh, sports writer for the Detroit Free Press who has po- posited that question. In Division Two, Caledonia beat Jenison twenty-one to fourteen. That was a road win for them. In Division Eight, it was Johannesburg Lewiston taking care of Alcona forty-nine to sixteen. In Division Seven, Oscoda all over St. Louis fifty-four to nothing. One other game we had uh, on State Chance Michigan this week, and that was uh, the rematch between Belding and Hopkins in Division Five, and it was Belding who won that one thirty-two to eighteen. All those saved by the bell. Fans yes, are just exactly. thrilled. Yep. So, gentlemen, you know, we've got uh, a few minutes here. Let's talk about uh, maybe some of the games you went to or some of the scores and stuff that uh, uh, really stood out to you as, as far as what took place in week one. We're going to talk about week two at the end of the show, but let's just kind of recap. Well, I was at one of the few upsets. Um, Rochester Adams yeah. took a crosstown rival and I previously undefeated Rochester out to the woodshed and really took it to him from the opening snap. Uh, I believe the final was 39-7. Yes. And, uh, you know, Tony Petrito, it's been a, a, a roller coaster of a year for that Adams program. Uh, Coach Petrito, who's one of the true uh, good guys, one of the, the great tacticians, one of the great motivators that we have here in Metro Detroit, Definitely. has a state championship under his belt, has mm-hmm. been at uh, Adams now going on, you know, close to two decades. Yeah. And it, it was up in the air whether or not he was going to coach this season because he had gotten COVID and he had gotten it pretty bad. His wife was a nurse. Got him back healthy, and even when he was healthy, he wasn't positive that he was going to be on the sidelines. Mm. Decided to the last second to, to jump on the sidelines and coach this team. You know they were two and four uh, in in the regular season. Their two losses, I believe, were by less than five points combined. So the the, the record might have been a little deceiving. And then he's got that, you know, that veer attack that he's been running and has installed it in Adams, and they, they, they run it. It's like a machine. Right. Um, it just It's a well-oiled machine, that veer, uh, no matter who's, who's piloting it. Um, right now you got Parker Pico, who is just an electrifying athlete um, at the controls. Uh, the quarterback, a sophomore, he's going to Alabama to play baseball. He's already committed. And uh, he had, uh, you know, a, a very memorable playoff performance. Uh, what, I, what's, what I was talking about, which was kind of interesting, is he's this blue-chip baseball recruit 
that's already played two varsity football seasons because he he started as a freshman on varsity last year. He has yet to play a varsity baseball All right. game. Yeah, exactly. Because of COVID canceling it last spring. Right. But uh, he's already firmly etched his name into the uh, the pantheon of, of, of great athletes that come through Adams in just his first two football seasons. Um, he was so electric last year as a as a cornerback and as a return man. This year he stepped under center and just looks great. Uh, you know, he was lightning in a bottle, 170 yards rushing, um, one touchdown on the ground, which was just mesmerizing. Uh, to end the half, there was about 20 seconds left. They were uh, at their own 30-yard line. It looked like they were going to probably take a knee and go into the half. And the next thing you know, he's zigging and zagging and and breaking five tackles to the left sideline and then just sprinting uh, to pay dirt, uh, taking it to the house for a 70-yard touchdown run, which really seemed to be the, the backbreaker, the spirit breaker uh, for Rochester. Um, and then he, he threw a 50-yard touchdown pass. I mean, right. which isn't surprising for a guy that's being recruited as a pitcher by by the SEC. Right. So just a real impressive performance by Adams. You know, tip of the hat to Rochester, who had, a, a, a again, a, a very, very, very memorable campaign. Um, first undefeated regular season in 27 years. And um, just, you know, wasn't quite at the caliber of their – they're the champions of the OA Blue, just couldn't quite get to the level of, you know, an OA white team like Adams. Right. And unlike Kyler Murray, he probably won't go to Alabama and play football and right. baseball considering where he's going to yeah, school. Yeah, But, uh, he, you know, if you have a chance to go check this guy out – I haven't seen him on the baseball diamond, yeah. so I can imagine he is, uh, he, he is quite spectacular – uh, of a baseball player, if you're already you know have a scholarship to Alabama as a 15 year old, but I'm telling you, as a football player, this kid is like uh, it's it's like video game uh, excitement when yeah. you're watching him. It's like he's like he's like a joystick. Yeah. Well, they've got Davis in this week, so they've got to travel to Cardinal Stadium and see if they can uh, do the same. Two against dynamic Davis. Two dynamic quarterbacks yeah. going head to head, him and Brendan Sullivan. It'll be interesting. How about you, Matthew? I was at uh, Birmingham Groves at Auburn Hills Avondale, and I thought that would at least had the potential with a couple of uh, Power Five type athletes on the perimeter for those two teams. Unfortunately, I, I was unaware that David Holloman's no longer with the Avondale team, so that was <sighs> that side of it did not go as well. But it was a game where, again, when when you're a team from a, one of the lower divisions in one of these power conferences. You got to kind of have some breaks go your way to to beat somebody from the higher division, and it Avondale fumbled twice within the first eight minutes of the game inside their own red zone, and it was just kind of off to the races from there. I think Groves had four different touchdowns of fifty plus yards called back for various reasons. They ended up scoring on three out of those four possessions anyway, but yeah, we ended up I think. Three minutes into the second half, we had running clock, so it wasn't it wasn't a great test, and it seemed almost like at that point, Groves, knowing that they were going to move on, just kind of wanted to move on as fast as possible because up next they've got the rematch with Seaholm, their crosstown rival, which should be another great game. and And as Coach Flaherty said after the game to his team, to say that they wanted that rematch badly was an understatement. That's You could tell that they wanted it to be next Friday already and have a chance at, at Seahome again because that was, that frankly, I covered that first Seahome-Groves game, and that was a nip-and-tuck game right until, you know, kind of the, the two touchdown, you know, the big turnaround with when Caleb Norrick tracked down Mangum and, 
and then the Seahome scored. So it's going to be another good game, and it seems like whoever wins that playoff matchup between Seahome and Groves ends up going a long way. So yeah. we'll see how that goes. Let's not forget uh, last year Seahome upset Groves in the district championship mm-hmm. game by quite a wide margin. It was one of those games where where it was a blowout, and before the before the game, if you would have asked you know a hundred people, you know who's going to be the the blowout her and who's going to be the blowout e, everyone would have said Groves is going to blow out Seahome, but instead Seahome blew out Groves, made a run all the way to the uh, Division Two Final Four before they lost to uh, uh, Dante Moore and King, but uh, th- that this should be a doozy of a game, uh, you know, crosstown rivals. Uh, another playoff rematch, uh, you know, rematch of a of a classic, instant classic of a regular season game. Two yeah. great coaches and Jimmy DeWald on the sidelines for Seahome and, and Brendan Flaherty over at uh, at Groves. Just great rivalry, uh, one of the best suburban rivalries that there is. I'll tell you one of the, the uh, scores that surprised me, but then it didn't surprise me only because I had seen him in, in person, and that was Novi taking down yeah. Brighton. Surprised and me. And by the score, it was uh, definitely forty-one to twenty-seven. The final now and. When I watched Novi compete against Howell, Howell obviously a team that's still continuing, uh, defensively they were having a hard time stopping the run game of Howell. Howell was kind of running their workhorse who was back in, uh, in after it, missing a few games or missing you know several weeks of, of the season. But every time Novi scored, it was a big play. Whether it was a kick return for a touchdown, whether it was a sweep left 50 yards down the sideline, it just seemed like they had the knack every time for making the big play. And when you see teams like that, they feed off that. And uh, I think Novi is one of those teams that if the train gets a rolling, uh, they're hard to stop. And you're going to have to outscore them. So it's going to be a shootout. And uh, obviously in this one, you know, Brighton put up 27. Uh, it wasn't enough because Novi scored 41. So so to me, uh, that was, you know, a surprise. And uh, and now it sets up the battle of Novi, yep. which will be Catholic Central and Novi. And I know that those CC guys were hoping for it. Yeah. And, and we're excited for it. There's been a couple uh, of those matchups in the playoffs, or at least one I know that I covered, I want to say back in 15 or 14, 15. Yeah. That was a, a, a shootout in the first half uh, that ended up, uh, you know, Catholic Center ended up pulling away. I remember uh, Trayvon Maddox, who's the was the star uh, yep. basketball player, took yep. Novi to the Final Four, yeah. ended up at Oakland, had a great season in Oakland last year. Now he's out in uh, the Big West somewhere. But uh, I remember he had a couple big touchdowns and uh, in that game. And, you know, for, for Novi right now, they got a cold-blooded customer uh, running that offense, Luke, yeah. uh, a, a cool hand, Luke Arilla. Yeah. Um, so you know when you're when you can score at the rate that Novi can score at, yep. uh, you know, and and you have playmakers that you, you can get the ball in space. They've got and, speed, and, and I like their scheme. Their scheming yep. is is you know the way they run their sets and mm-hmm. and uh, whatnot. They got good line play, and and you know, it, 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 I don't expect them to beat Catholic Central, but. I wouldn't be shocked if that game is closer than most people expect heading down uh, heading down the stretch. Well, the interesting thing is it's no fault of Detroit Catholic Centrals, but their schedule has not been exactly electric this season. I mean, Harper Woods is is not as good a team as we thought they would be. Uh, obviously, the Brother Rice game could have gone either way, all the way right down yep. to the end. Yep. Uh, Warren D. LaSalle is a team that's been hot and cold. Uh, and they had to come, right, and they had to come back and win that one. Yeah. Uh, in uh, you know, exciting fashion. Orchard Lake St. Mary's is another team that we just can't figure out really right now. Uh, and you know, UD Jesuit, you know, is, is a playoff team. Jesuit's better than I mean, Jesuit I think is has right? over overachieved. Right. And Detroit Loyola is just the team they were faced. 
to play and, in the prep bowl, and, and, and they, Loy- they took care of business. And Wall Lake Northern, let's face right. it, is is. But Loyola was five and zero. Oh. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know whether or not you love that format, and who knows what we're going to yeah. have going forward. Um, you know there are there are, I think there are you know arguments to be made for and against it. I mean I loved having that that one and two in the central face off in, in the in the prep bowl. Um, this year they changed it to where the the central team plays the double A team, and I think you're kind of inevitably going to have a lopsided game. But but and and it was uh, Catholic Central uh, beat up on Loyola, but Loyola was you know five and zero. So you know yeah, I'm just saying this this is going to be a tough game for him. Is, is what I'm saying. You know, nobody's going to be fired up. Uh, they both will be. So again, I'm probably not at this point, uh, not doing my predictions now yet. But I, I'm. I I'm, love. And De La Salle did bounce back. They beat Roseville, pretty yeah. good Roseville team, yeah. fifty-eight to fourteen. So I think Matt and maybe you can comment on this too. I think we're seeing a lot of teams. Uh, we used Oak Park as an example that just you know was for whatever reason uh, really underperforming. That normally normally the- we'd be at week seven of of the year right now. And a lot of teams, that's when they really start kind of figuring it out. And that's when we see the teams, when you, when you use the term cream rising to the top, that's the last three weeks is usually when we start to really see that. Uh, teams really find their niche. And uh, maybe that's just what's happening this year. And we can expect to see, you know, a lot of teams, oh, I guess the records are not something we should be fooled by. We have to really kind of take a look and see who everybody's played, what is their level of competition has been. And sometimes you may see a 6-0 record. There's two forfeits on yeah. that. So it, right. it's, it's one of those, those, those years um, that makes it so exciting this year for the high school football playoffs because we could see a lot of teams all of a sudden rise up and just be a really interesting, you know, regionals in moving forward. Well, yeah, and, and De La Salle is going to be a hard to figure anyway, just because you've got a new coach coming in, and you weren't sure how much the kind of the turmoil of last off season was going to affect, and if there was going to be any hangover. But I think you're right. With there being no necessarily need for you to get to six wins, I'm not saying anybody soft played the regular season, but there wasn't as much of a sense of urgency in those last couple of weeks. It was more like, okay, right. well, let's get ready playoffs rather than oh my right. god we have to get two wins so right. for a team like that where where you were kind of like okay well we're, we're gonna have to work into a new system with a new coach there was still sort of a kind of a steady building process but yeah you're right I mean just looking at records this year doesn't really tell you a whole lot we talked about that a couple of weeks ago with all the forfeits as we talked about this off the air I think a little bit last week after we got done Iron Mountain is my favorite team to try to figure out if they're any good at all because they've played one game. Right. They, they are six and one <laughs> right. with one game played. <laughs> right. they, exactly. they, they got, and, and they didn't even play in the playoffs yet. They got a forfeit win over Roger City. So, you know, we were kind of talking about the, the weirdness right. of, of Oak Park. I mean, could Iron Mountain be the first team to win a state title without playing more than one game? Right. They, they, they started the season with a forfeit win over Ishpeming Westwood. Then they played in week two, beat Bark River Harris 42 to six. Then they got three forfeit wins in a row and then a forfeit loss to end the season. And then they got a four-foot win in the first round of the playoffs. And it's just like, A, when they play again, they're going to be really rusty, aren't they? Because it's been a month since they've played. Or be really fresh. Yeah, well, that too. Some of it is just there's got to be some chomping at the bit to get out. Yeah. And some of them too. I mean, you you saw some cool intersectional games that you maybe wouldn't have seen, like the Gladwin-Dexter one that I know was kind of thrown together real quickly. Yeah. But – 
you know you can't game plan for those games when you have, you know, eight hours to even plan the bus trip before you go. You know the coaches are just kind of going, we know what the mascot are, is and we know what the colors of the uniforms are. Let's just do what we do. And there's there could be a benefit of that, certainly. But, with, yeah, with, it's it's hard to tell the value of some of those wins. With DLS, I mean, you, you have a real winning pedigree on the sidelines. I know Giannone is, is off to Anchor Bay, but they replaced him with Dan Ron. Yeah. And, and Dan Ron might not have uh, been playing or, or coaching in the Division One, Division Two ranks, but you know, from Division Four, I believe he has four state championships when he was coaching at West Ottawa. Mm. So you know, when, whenever you yeah. have a state championship caliber coach and tactician there, uh, I don't care what your record is, you know, you're going to give your, you give yourself a chance to win the playoffs. Yeah, Romeo was another team that I predicted that a lot of people thought that Anchor Bay under Giannone were going to take that next step, but uh, I like the way that Romeo had played early in the season. you got to always give him credit for the schedule that they play, and, um, you know, they had a big win. And uh, it's going to be real interesting, you know, those those MAC teams battling it out there uh, in that bottom district. Uh, Stony Creek now into the fold, so they'll take on Chip Valley. And then Romeo Macomb, Dakota will renew their ride. They had a really close game. I think it was 34-28, to 28, uh, something along those lines, in the first time that they met up, which I think was week two. Uh, which you can almost throw out the window at this point. You know, you, Stony Creek's got to run the gauntlet in the MAC Red <laughs> to win see. the district. Yeah, we will see. We will see. So, uh, any other last comments on Week One before we move on, gentlemen? Uh, just another tip of the hat to uh, Zach Line over at Oxford. Put a scare into Clarkston. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wasn't expecting that game to be so close, and it, you know, it went down to the wire. And uh, I think that's a um, an indicator that that Zach Line, you know, coming right out of the NFL. Um, jumping directly from the New Orleans Saints right to, back to his alma mater in Oxford, yeah. Michigan, and taking over that program and and you know keeping that winning tradition that 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 was always been there for the last forty years under Coach Rowley, yeah, you know his former Rowley, yeah. high school coach, and yeah. uh, you know yeah. maybe not the year that they wanted it, to, to lose in the first round of the playoffs, but you know Clarkson's a top ten team in the state, and and that game was like fourteen seven into the fourth quarter. Yeah. So so Zach Lyons doing something right. I just wanted to you know, and I, they got a nice. Uh, quarterback, sophomore quarterback, and Brady Carpenter. So look yeah. forward, look forward to what Oxford will become in the, in the Zach Lyon era on the blue turf. Yeah. Yes. Well, you know, and again, now Clarkson's got to face another team that uh, is has been on the rise. Grand Blank, who yeah. you know stormed back on Lake Orion. They were down. Ty Brodebeck uh, in that Bobcat offense came back. I think they were were they down two score. They were at least down one score uh, and, and rallied. Down Fourteen. Yeah. Yeah, rallied in the second half, and all you know that Grand Blank program always has, mm-hmm. always has talent, always has athletes. Um, haven't really been able to put together long playoff runs, but they're dangerous. So we shall see. We're going to talk more about week two and and uh, other games coming up that we think should be interesting that will be coming up at this point. Uh, we're going to take just a small timeout. Uh, the Michigan High School Athletic Association to get another sponsor of this uh, particular podcast. And uh, in fact, they sponsor all of our podcasts. Uh, great partners of ours. And, uh, you know, once in a while, we just have to remind people, especially when we're in this election climate about sportsmanship. It's super important. So listen to this. Sportsmanship has never been more important between the lines in athletics and outside those lines in our communities. To listen, to respect, to understand, to practice common decency, to have competition without contentiousness. Sportsmanlike qualities are essential components of life itself. Let's all work together to not only be good sports, but good people. A message from the Michigan High School Athletic Association promoting the value and values of educational athletics.
Okay, and we're back, and we do have to mention that uh, our producer, Chuck Pellerito, he is a proud Clintondale Dragon, and they won their first playoff game in how long? 2008, so 12 years. Uh, they beat Gross Point Woods University Liggett 46 to 14. So good on them. We had Clintondale uh, on the show. It was a losing effort, but a few weeks back we had uh, some highlights of them on the uh, state champ circuit. So they take their three and four record now uh, to Detroit Loyola and we'll face them. That game will be played at Madison Heights Bishop Foley uh, on Saturday night. So it's the uh, Saturday night special, 7 o'clock. So Detroit Low is 6-1. We talked mm-hmm. about them. They're one loss in the prep bowl. They the got Catholic a nice Central, quarterback, so. uh, Anthony Garrett. I saw him against Catholic Central. He threw for almost, uh, almost 300. I think he threw for like 275. Um, just you know, got rattled by, uh, by the pass rush that uh, Catholic Central was bringing on him. Again, when you're a D7 program and you got D- Division One defensive linemen and, and the defensive ends uh, breathing down your neck, it's, it's kind of a different ballgame. But yeah. he, still, he still he threw for like 275 in that game, even though it was a lopsided loss. All right, so Hungry Howie's also a sponsor of the Michigan Extra Point podcast. Time to talk a little bit about our state champs, Mr. Football Award, which, again, we've got two more weeks until we get into uh, our final 10 uh, and I have a feeling there might be some shakeups here. We, we are making a shakeup this week. And this one in particular, a couple reasons. Uh, number one, if you think about what really is the definition of someone who is competing for the state's top trophy, right? It's, it's, it's how much, you know, you mean to a program and checking and, all those boxes and that your and, play and this kid you're about to tell me, right. Tell me, about, we've talked about, about him. He checks all the boxes. He does. Baby. And we've talked about him, uh, on the show several times, uh, and what he he's been able to do. And, and when you look at the success that brother rice has had this season, you wouldn't, it wouldn't be quite plain and simple without Rocco Mealy and what he's is been able to do and the timing of the big plays of what he's been able to do. I mean, Just oozing with it factor. Right. I, mean, I, I don't care if you look at him and he doesn't run a four, three right. and he's not six foot three and he doesn't have all the power five conference offers. He's going to Columbia, by the way, right. to play football. 4.2 GPA, standing kid. It, but this is Everything you would ever want in a high school football player on both sides of the ball and in the huddle, in the locker room, in the classroom. Again, he checks all the boxes and he's just a playmaker. And he makes the biggest plays at the biggest times. And he does it whether he's a receiver, whether he's a defensive back, whether he's a return guy, whether he's covering on special teams, whether he's holding for for uh, uh, potential extra points to take into a third overtime. But the, the snap goes awry and he grabs it and, and runs into the end zone for right. a game when he touched on a week one. Right. I mean, he's just uh, he's a he's a spectacular playmaker and really is the epitome of what this award is about. Yeah. Primetime performer. And, uh, you know, again, how many guys do we have that are Iron Men? That play both sides of the ball. You know, a lot of times in our skill positions, a lot of times they're quarterbacks, and that's what they are. You know, in some cases, and and certainly uh, our quarterback list is uh, outstanding, and those guys have earned uh, everything that they've done. But you know, w- when you're averaging eighteen and a half catches, and then you've got to go and you're making thirty tackles uh, on the other side uh, in a season, five interceptions, two forced fumbles. Uh, you know, he's got. Uh, you know, like half his re- half fumble of his recoveries, touch- half of TDs. his touchdowns are like either a re- hundred yard returns right. 
or you know the the play I just referenced in the first week of the season where he he uh, picked up the snap and, and ran into the end zone for yeah. the game winning touchdown. Right. Just uh, the most opportune times. Yeah. Hundred yard interception against yeah. Country Day. He gets a pick against uh, Orchard Lake St. Mary's uh, to uh, seal that win for all intents and purposes on on the one yard line. Your thoughts, Matt? He's a heck of a player. I mean, it, I don't think there's any question that he's made some of the biggest plays of the season. And that's, like you said, that's kind of what, what the award is all about. Yep, so we've got him in there. Uh, Dante Moore is falling off the list. Uh, really, if you look at King's overall work, again, their three biggest games were three losses. His his numbers are good. His stats are good. He's a sophomore. He may still play his way back in. Again, we've got two more weeks before we make our final 10. Uh, but... Uh, that that is kind of just where we at, and that's the fluidity of this thing. You know, honestly, you gotta love the Andrew Anthony faithful because they have kept him in this in this race. Now, East Lansing obviously is an undefeated team. They had a bye last week, so he wasn't able to perform. And I, I think he's going to perform. Out, I think he's going to be outstanding here as we move into the postseason. But when you are the leader of the online vote, you do not come off, I, and I, he is killing it. His people are killing it in the online vote. I think another thing I want to comment about. Uh, Rocco Milia and, yeah. and, and his inclusion in, into this list, and it, it, it's really a credit to him for playing his way onto the list. Is you know what's so great about this award is that a guy like Rocco Milia or a guy like Ty Holtz or even know, Caden Woodall, who's yeah, a Caden, guy. guys like Caden Woodall who weren't even really on your radar yeah. to start the season, and that's no disrespect to them. Right. You know, for whatever reason, you're looking at the blue chip kids. You're looking mm-hmm. at the kids that you're, you know, you're expecting to be there. But right. there are a ton of kids that are, you know, equally electric, you know, just as big of a playmaker as kids that have the major offers. And then what's so great about this award is there are no preconceived notions. If you're good enough to make it onto the list, you play your way onto the list. That's why we put highly recruited athletes such a low, yeah. low percentage. I mean, we're looking at Caden Woodall. I mean, yeah. more so. It, it, he went crazy again. Right, he's going to Harvard. So we got two uh, two. Ivy yeah, League yep. bound yeah. uh, superstars and Woodall and, and Milia, but you know two kids that just you know quietly do their job, um, do it with with great uh, efficiency, mm-hmm. great execution. Um, they're kids that again check all the boxes on and off the field, and and they went from nowhere. They they went from the. The outhouse of the penthouse, no doubt. And that's what's great about this award. And their you teams, can do are, that. right? Exactly. And their their teams are are uh, excelling. They li- kind of raise the level yeah, of everybody level, else's exactly, play. Absolutely. Exactly. Stevenson's going to have their hands full. They got seven and zero Canton this week, so it'll be interesting to see what the uh, Chiefs can do in uh, trying to uh, uh, contain his explosiveness. Sick game, though, he did. He went crazy <laughs> like, again. I know. You know, you know who also is going crazy and not a blue chip athlete, and that is Belleville's quarterback, yes. Christian Dury. Notorious CDR. <laughs> Say what you want. Heading towards that record for most touchdowns he's in tied career. It. He's tied it. He tied so it. he tied the MHSA career record for uh, touchdown receptions. He'll break it uh, this week. And, um, and again, you know, throwing bombs. You know, and granted, a lot of playmakers on that team. So a lot of times he can just hand the ball off and those guys are going to go to work and get it done. That's why they're scoring so many points. Um, but uh, this, I mean, Belleville, and, and, and again, article notwithstanding, what Everyone, I, everyone's entitled to their opinion. Yeah, exactly. What I will say is that for me, and again, this is my opinion only, you know, I came from an era, you know, and my dad was a coach and, uh, you know, we had a lot of guys in the neighborhoods who were, who were coaches, uh, is that they would say, you know, I want you to kill me 
You know what I mean? If you're playing us, I want your best. I want you to run it up, whatever you have to do, because we learn lessons out of that. Those are life lessons. And believe it or not, getting it handed to you uh, later in life, you you learn that sense of resiliency that you need to to face in life because things are going to knock you down. It's how you get back up. So whatever Belleville's doing, uh, it's they, all they good. They empty the clip, man. It, it, and some people, you know, some I don't people, know if that's the appropriate term we should be using here. No, in I just, sports, I mean, but, no, uh, I mean it in the sense that I, they, I, don't I know leave, they leave it all on the field. They're not, you know, they're not. Uh, there's no ammo being left on the sidelines. <laughs> it's, it's they not. unleash it, you know, every weapon of theirs uh, in, in a game, and and you know, they don't, uh, they, they don't, they don't take. Christian Reed and handle him uh, with kid gloves. They, right. they, un- they unleash the fury every week. And they if do. you can't stop the fury, that's kind of on you. Well, a team we have not talked about at all, and you know we're kind of blending here week two predictions and, and, and commentary in with our Mr. Footballs. Belleville's now got to take on Northville. We haven't talked about Northville at all uh, in, during the course of this season, but this is a team that beat Howell, that beat Novi, mm-hmm. that Beat Brighton. They lost to Canton. Granted, Canton beat them, you know, fairly well, fifty-four to twenty-seven in the first game, and that was. And it's so funny. So it's like Grand Blank. So many games. Like if somebody loses big in the first week, you almost just like, all right, well, we're not going to talk about them all season. And all <laughs> write them off. Write like, them off. Oh, yeah, exactly. We do that right away. Uh, they lost to Heartland. Heartland, uh, you know, got them pretty good, forty-three to twenty-six in week four. But again, Novi Howell. They beat Salem last week, but that's who they had to face in the playoffs. Uh, you know, uh, at least Belleville from this point forward are really, I think, going to start to get quality, uh, you know, guys in front of them, quality teams in front of them, uh, in order for uh, to make this run if if they're going to have to do it. And um, you know, whether it's you know Northville this week, if they get by Northville, then it's the winner of Livonia Stevenson Canton. The last thing I'll say is, you know, about that article, yeah. and then, then we'll go on. But J- Jermaine Crowell, he to me, it's like, you <laughs> what do you a, think, man? You don't have any, you don't have anything to apologize for. Like I, I, know. I, you know, I coach my team the way I coach my team. If you got a problem with it, you know, go kick bricks. I mean, that's right. that's what I feel like from Jermaine Crowell, and, and whether you like it or not, that's that's his that's his imprint. That's the stamp that he's putting on his team, and they're winning. So you know, if you want to yeah. critique it, you have the right to critique it. But I also think Crowell has the right to say, you know, it's not your team. I'm I'm the I'm the captain of this shit. I'm I'm the captain <laughs> of this ship. Uh, I'm the pilot, and I'm I'm gonna I'm both. gonna fly the plane uh, wherever I want to fly it. Yeah. I agree exactly. Uh, and Matt, I'm gonna get you one sec. Just so everyone knows, our candidates for Mr. Football, Caden Woodall. Again, we just talked about Jace Williams, Grand Rapids Catholic Central. Uh, the ceiling is so high for them. Brendan Sullivan and Davison are going to have some tough battles here, so we're going to see how they uh, play over the next few weeks. DJ Stepney, what he's done for Macomb, Macomb Dakota. The they'll, juice is they'll, loose. They'll have a tough tough uh, go against Romeo this week. Any rematch always is, especially uh, in division. Brady Rose and Muskegon Mona Shores, what can you say enough about them? Interesting West Side matchups uh, this coming. We'll talk a little bit about uh, week two. Uh, you know, A lot of teams that with similar records and teams familiar with each other. It's going to be very interesting in some of the uh, west side uh, upper levels of uh, of the football uh, and um, Ty Holtz who we put in last week for DeWitt they're they're steamrolling uh, Donovan mm-hmm. Edwards you know I, I think we're gonna have to see you know uh, West see, do we know what his stats were I, I last week I do not know that they won they're big I they won yeah, big yeah so. I, with with both he and Stepney they were I, I think they were Probably kind of limited. held back a little bit just because yeah. of yeah just because of the competition and the and the the lopsidedness. I so mean, they I beat Ford 42 to nothing. Yeah. So, 
Uh, and now they've got, you know, uh, a Troy team um, that's, you know, that beat Bloomfield Hills. But again, I, I, w- I would think that they um, are going to have a tough road to hoe. Uh, so if West Bloomfield gets out in front again there, that will be interesting. They'll face the winner of Southfield and Sterling Heights-Stevenson, which could actually be a really interesting matchup. Yeah, I expect that to be a game that goes down to the wire. Yeah, I, I think that could be very, very interesting. Uh, but uh, but but those are our guys, uh, and Andrew Anthony and, and East Lansing will will get it going here uh, in, um, in week two because they had a bye for the first round. Uh, over on the Anvil side of things, we still have – uh, of course, uh, you know you you mentioned Oxford had had a a, a good affair there, but uh, you know our our leader of the, in the gate right now, which is fair to say, is is Rocco Spindler and and the way he's performed. Uh, there's no question he's killing in the vote. It's just insane. Uh, and the the amount of social media, gosh, we put out a video uh, with anything with Rocco, and it just it gets shared by Notre Dame Nation. Oh, yeah. basically. So uh, you know, there's a lot of a lot of attention on that. But again. Guys like Raheem Anderson playing extremely well this season. Do you see the, the shout out? He's going to get us the the huddle videos. Uh, we called him out on the uh, on the Anvil thing. We're like, hey, we're going to make sure everybody up- uploads your huddle video so uh, right. uh, we can give you accurate things. Um, we might have a change here. Um, you know, uh, Godwin Heights is out mm-hmm. of the playoffs now, uh, where Raquan Buckley was. Um, you know, we, we, there's guys that that we are looking at. Uh, so we we could be making a change in there, um, but again, you know, the guys who are the unsung heroes propelling their teams uh, to greatness uh, are not always Mr. Football candidates. They're Anvil Award candidates. Guys like Josh Thompson, what he's done uh, with Fenton, what Damon Payne does on both sides of the ball for Belleville, Giovanni Elhadi, and Sterling Heights Stevenson. You know, like we said a decade ago, are are a team to con- contend now. Each and every year, and they, you know, just based on on what they've done last year. Yagio Madonna year. at quarterback. Absolutely. So, um, Jordan Ramsey at running back. That's right, and Jamari Button with with Belleville. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kravit, you know, Carson Briggs, Traverse City Central is another uh, one of our uh, Amble guys. So uh, there are lots of, uh, and obviously the uh, Spindler and Dellinger duo that is at Clarkston and Caleb Tierman at uh, Detroit Country. And there's Day, which, Baby which Dellinger. That will be in our Anvil Award race the next couple years, probably, too. Cole Dellinger. That's right. That's right. Well, there you go. So uh, that's kind of an update on, on what's going there. Uh, and just to let you know what's going on That please vote uh, for your guys. And remember, just because somebody might be clearly ahead uh, of the vote, the winner is automatically in the Final Four. But when we are making decisions, uh, whether it be to keep somebody in the race or whether it be to put them in the Final Four, sometimes we've got so many factors that are even. A lot of times we'll say, well, what are, who, who's supporting them out there? What are the people doing? And we'll look at votes. And if you've got, you know, 100 votes and um, – Certainly, we're we're calling out everyone to, to vote, and then you've got somebody who's got five thousand votes. Well, you know that it, it might behoove us to want to uh, consider to support that athlete when all other things are equal. So, uh, go and vote. StateChampsNetwork.com. Matt, did you come out with your final rankings? We didn't have any rankings this week. You okay, so your yours are done. Yep. Okay. All right, so if you want to see Matt's final rankings, the answer is yes to that question. I did last week. 
And uh, it's at statechampsnetwork.com. Again, you know, uh, one of the things that we we pride ourselves is we do provide uh, what we believe are the most accurate rankings that you can find in the state. We'll be doing it for boys basketball. We'll be doing it for hockey again. Matt will be doing it for girls basketball again. So all that's coming up. uh, Just click on the rankings tab at statechampsnetwork.com. And moving forward, as we kind of wrap up the show here, some more games that, that we're looking forward to. Uh, I'm just going to read off a bunch of matchups uh, that I just kind of looked at and thought are, are interesting. Uh, and then uh, at the end of it, you know, I'm just going to run down a few and uh, you guys can then comment on some of the things. So uh, I talked a little bit about this over on the West side in division one, uh, five and two Hudsonville it's at five and oh Rockford. That's going to be interesting. Right Brandon off the Hayes, bat. the quarterback for Hudson versus Zach Ahern, the quarterback for Rockford. Two big-time performances from those two quarterbacks yep. in the first week of the playoffs. Keep the momentum going, fellas. And that's always a tough battle when you've got Hudsonville and Rockville, uh, Rockford going at it. Uh, they'll play the winner of Traverse City West and Granville, two 6-1 and one teams. Uh, so, uh, again, we just kind of referenced uh, Traverse City West there. And, uh We'll see how, how that plays out. I'm really interesting. We, we I mentioned the Novi Detroit Catholic Central game could be interesting. We talked a little bit about uh, that district that has Grand Blake and Clarkston going at it this week, facing the winner of Rochester Adams and Davison. That could be very interesting to see how that plays out. Romeo McComb Dakota again another Division One matchup that I think is going to be uh, a brouhaha in uh, Division Two. Uh, again, West Side Grand Hap- Rapids Forest Hills Central is at Muskegon Mona Shores. Uh, you know, Mona Shores playing as well as anybody. Grand, uh, Forest Hill Central 6-1 and one this season. Uh, so uh, I think they're going to give them a fight. Matt, you could talk about this one, of course, the annual Midland Dow and Midland uh, playoff battle. Midland Dow 5-2 and two this year, Midland undefeated. Yes, and it uh, it's probably going to be the Al Money show again. And I believe his uncle graduated with me from Midland High, <laughs> Steve Money. Shout out back in the day. Yep. Yeah, it's it. It's one of those families that you kind of see over and over and over again in this in these kind of athletic programs. But Midland really handled it, Midland out pretty easily in in week six. Now there have been this is one of those rivalries that it doesn't necessarily matter what happened in the regular season because yep. the postseason doesn't always necessarily line up with that. But because you got that real tape to evaluate, right? Right. Right, and Dow is another team that's dealing with a first-year coach as well, so they're kind of still, I mean, even though they were unbeaten up until they think they were 4-0 when they lost to Mount Pleasant and then Midland in back-to-back weeks. But, yeah, yeah that's another team that's still kind of finding itself and, and could possibly pull an upset, but I think probably that's the Chemex game to win. Yeah, and Midland's got that one at home, so uh, we'll see how oh. that one works out. We talked a little bit of what? Same field. Oh, they play on this oh that's field, well, so never mind. Yeah, it just it's it's the home stands, yeah. Midland Community Stadium, as it were, right there. So, uh, so yeah. So you could just ignore that last content uh, comment. Uh, Oak Park and 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 UD Jesuit. We we talked a little bit about that again. Oak Park, uh, a team that uh, you know is looking to build off getting that first win. Uh, UD Jesuit is is a team that I you know that has played a tough schedule. Uh, three and four is their record. And they've played good teams, really right. tough, right. They play Country Day tough. They play yeah. Catholic Central tough. Right. Uh, and, Lake Orion, I think, only won 7 nothing. Right. And I think Oak Park, again, with all the momentum now that they have a win. I mean, again, in a normal year, they would have been done a long you know, time I, ago. I've talked um, – let me tie this into yeah. Oak Park. So James Burnley is the quarterback from, from Oak Park. Uh, had some growing pains. This is his first year starting at quarterback. I believe he was in the secondary last year. Uh, he's a senior. Um, and I've talked to a, a handful of coaches over the last couple of weeks, 
and they talked about how this COVID-shortened season has really affected first-year quarterbacks more than anyone else. Um, they haven't had, they didn't have the preseason, they didn't have you know a full schedule to kind of right. get their get, get their uh, you know find their bearings, get their feet underneath them. Yeah. And I think you know tying that into Oak Park, you know James Burnley, like this is really should be you know week seven or eight of the regular season. He's into the playoffs. He's now starting to to find the momentum, understand the offense a little bit better, have more control, more composure. Um, and you saw that in that in that Gross Point South game, you know. You didn't see that the first part of the season where they just had a real tough time offensively, everyone getting on the same page. I think if Burnley would have had a couple scrimmages, uh, you know, s- some games in the regular season earlier on to to build that momentum, um, it, it, and if it wasn't this COVID-shortened season, it might have been a different story. But now, you know, he's playing well. I think there's a lot of other first-year quarterbacks that might have had similar circumstances. I know Alex Short at West Bloomfield had a real good game against uh, Ford in, in the opener, and he was someone that you know took a little while to get moving with the offense because it was his first year under center. So I think uh, it could be a great high school football game. Yeah, you yeah. know, kind of just uh, you know one of those things that. Uh, and he, he, he saw it at Oak Park, you know, coming off of uh, Dewan Mathis a couple years ago that ended up going to Georgia in the SEC. Um, last year, Frank Black stepped in, looked great. He's off at Ferris State right now, I think, playing in the secondary. But James Burnley, I think, uh, can do what Frank Black did last year. And uh, and I think we'll see this as the playoffs move forward. We will see. Uh, in Division Three, we've got Orchard Lake St. Mary's and Birmingham Brother Rice uh, Part Two. Yep. At Wisner Stadium once again. The, uh, the I site. predict this game will be m- not as competitive as the first game. I think Rice Brother is a better Rice team. Has, Rice has hit its stride. They've got all their guys. And I think that that win over Orchard Lake about a month ago was what let it hit its stride. Game-winning field goal. Um, as time expired, and uh, they've just been off and running ever since. Yeah. And this is no disrespect to Coach Porat and Orchard Lake. They're always going to be contenders, but this, this 2020 has just not been a great year for them. They don't have the playmakers that they normally have, and uh, Rice has really come into, into its own. So I expect this to be a two-three quarter, a two-three score victory for Brother Rice, which means this one's going to go down to the wire and it'll be decided in the last yeah, second. Yeah. So <laughs> I mean, uh, we shall see again. It is Orchard Lake St. Mary's. You talk about ty- tried and true tradition and playoffs, and just you know where where, where, where I, do their I, touchdowns I you, come? From? I hear you. They just they don't. Yep, yep, yep. Might just have to be something. There's something missing in that in that offensive group right now, and that happens. Uh, uh, Some other things in Division Three. You've got uh, Battle Creek, Harper Harper Creek, and Saint Joseph going at it. Uh, It's a five and two and six and one matchup. Same district. They'll play the winner of the Coldwater Stevensville Lakeshore uh, winner. So uh, again, those are teams I think that uh, are evenly matched. Could kind of go either way. Uh, We'll see how that plays out in Division Five. Belding, we talked about. They had the win against Hopkins. They're at Grand Rapids Catholic. Central uh, CRC. That's right, GRCC again, six and zero, oh, uh, and they'll be hosting that one. They'll take the winner of Portland and Grand Rapids West Catholic, which could be an interesting matchup. Two six and one teams uh, going at it in Division Five and Division Six. Seven and zero oh, Claire at seven and zero oh, Montague. That will be something that will be very interesting here in Drew the Collins, second round matchup. Drew Collins, quarterback from Montague, that's my boy. Okay, and uh, in that same district, you've got seven and zero Erie Mason and six and one Clinton. Uh, Clinton being the home team. Erie, in, Erie Mason's in, Noah Boudreaux, that quarterback. <laughs> he's my boy too. Well, there you go. So 
Interesting district, so the team that comes out of that is going to have played a couple of really good teams uh, to get into the regionals. Divisions, uh, uh, Division 7, you've got uh, 7-0 Oscoda at 6-1 Beaverton. Oscoda's had a good season this year. We had them, like I said, on the uh, on the play. And in Division 8, another one I noticed that, uh, that looks interesting is 6-1 Breckenridge at 6-1 Beale City. So that is a Division 8 matchup that will be played in Mount Pleasant on Friday night. So those are just some of the matchups. Is there any closing comments that uh, you would to? We'll start with you, Matt. Well, and, and I noticed you were listing off a lot of teams, and I probably would throw another one in Go there. Go for it. Gladwin at, Gladwin at Kingsley. Gladwin, yeah. yes, is 4-3, and three, but we mentioned earlier that they played a, a Division 2 Dexter team real tough and beat them. Yeah. You're noticing a lot of Jack Pine Conference teams, and back in the day it used to kind of be Claire's Conference just to kind of – rule Sanford right. Meridian was a tough team you know they got knocked out last week but Claire is still in Beaverton is still in mm. Gladwin is still in has become a really tough conference yeah and even the second and third place teams have a decent chance of going a, a goodly distance another one that I'd throw in there is Croslex at uh North Branch that one should be a real good one and then I believe it's the same district Goodrich at Brandon that which is a rematch of week two or three yeah yeah week, week. that's those those are Two or yeah, either two week two, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's good to see North Branch um, you know, doing well. You know, it, again, not a, a football power. Uh, you know, we always used to cover the volleyball team. That was the big thing at mm -hmm. North Branch. Uh right. and uh yeah, they have uh they've been a team who's just gone and just gone about their business this season and uh played extremely well. Um, so yeah, those are those are some good ones. I think uh, once I think some of the dust is going to settle once we get out of this week two when we get into the district championships next week because all those teams off the buys, the Stony Creeks, the East Lansings of the world, uh, and so so forth and so it'll, it'll on. A lot of really good teams didn't play this weekend. It'll be interesting to see the buy effect because we've, yeah. we've never had that in football right. before. And is that going to make these teams more fresh or right. more rusty? I don't know. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, Absolutely. My, my parting shot would be. Shout out to two teams from Madison Heights that you don't normally expect to be making right. noise in the Definitely. playoffs. When you're talking Madison Heights football, you're talking Madison Heights Madison, yeah. which has been the gold standard in, in, in that city for the last Definitely two, not two decades. The last two decades. Um, now you got Lamphere undefeated 7-0. Yeah. They won the Mac Bronze. Yeah. Um, looking real, real sharp right now. Yeah, scoring uh, machines. Yep. Uh, Javier Johnson's a nice name to look for. He's a senior, kind of came out of nowhere, wide receiver, uh, defensive back. And then Madison Knights Bishop Foley yeah. uh, with Coach Brian Barnes has kind of had yeah. that program turn the corner, uh, more consistent uh, when it comes to playoff appearances. And uh, I believe they're 6-1 and one right now. They got a quarterback in Dylan Goff that I really like. Uh, thrown for 1,500 yards, 15 touchdowns, had 300 yards and three touchdowns uh, against Madison in a game where they had to rally. They had beaten Madison really bad uh, to end the regular season. I forgot what the score, but it was incredibly lopsided. And then Madison put a scare into them, um, and uh, Goff uh, hit Jackson Zyder for a game-winning touchdown with, with three minutes to go. And, and Zyder's another exciting playmaker on both sides of the ball, uh, one of these kids that's uh, trending towards 1,000 yards, both rushing and receiving. There you go. Gentlemen, thank you. Be another interesting weekend. Uh, thank you so much for listening. We want to thank Lawrence Technological University, Hungry Always Pizza, and the MHSAA for sponsoring this podcast. We will see you next week for another edition of State Champs Michigan Extra Points.